I'm excited to announce that you've all made my Pillow 2.0 a huge success. And with your amazing support, we've been able to expand my Pillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. And to make room for this, we're clearing out a line of our percale bed sheets. And to thank you, I'm bringing them to you at closeout prices. Use your promo code and you get my king size for only $39 a set. Queens, $35, Fulls, $29, and twin size, just $25. I'm interrupting this commercial to let you know that we've received the last two shipments of these percale bed sheets. And because of this, I've been able to add more colors, sizes, and even prints. And they're still at closeout prices. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my king size, only $39 a set. Queens, $35. Full, $29. And twin size, just $25. Order now. Once they're gone, they're gone for good. And now, Lindell TV brings you The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times best-selling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome. I'm Roger Stone. Thank God it's Friday. And well, we're back in the Stone Zone. Fulton County Prosecutor Fannie Willis case against Donald Trump is slowly but surely crumbling. Uh, and shortly, uh, Trump administration appointee Robert Bose is going to help us analyze that situation. But before we go there, here's an update on former White House aide Cassidy Hutchison. You remember her. She's the one who testified in public, uh, lying, perjuring herself regarding both me uh, and General Michael Flynn. Take a look. The night before January 6th, President Trump instructed his chief of staff, Mark Meadows, to contact both Roger Stone and Michael Flynn regarding what would play out the next day. Ms. Hutchinson, is it your understanding that President Trump asked Mark Meadows to speak with Roger Stone and General Flynn on January 5th? That's correct. That is my understanding. And Ms. Hutchinson, is it your understanding that Mr. Meadows called Mr. Stone on the 5th? I'm under the impression that Mr. Meadows did complete both a call to Mr. Stone and General Flynn the evening of the 5th. And do you know what they talked about that evening, Ms. Hutchinson? I'm not sure. Is it your understanding that Mr. Giuliani, Mr. Eastman, and others had set up what has been called, quote, a war room at the Willard Hotel on the night of the 5th? I was aware of that the night of the 5th. And do you know if Mr. Meadows ever intended to go to the Willard Hotel on the night of the 5th? Mr. Meadows had a conversation with me where he wanted me to work with Secret Service on a movement from the White House to the Bullard Hotel so he could attend the meeting or meetings with Mr. Giuliani and his associates in the war room. And what was your view as to whether or not Mr. Meadows should go to the Willard that night? I had made it clear to Mr. Meadows that I didn't believe it was a smart idea for him to go to the Willard Hotel that night. 
I wasn't sure everything that was going on at the Willard Hotel, although I knew enough about what Mr. Giuliani and his associates were pushing during this period. I didn't think that it was something appropriate for the White House Chief of Staff to attend or to consider involvement in. I made that clear to Mr. Meadows. Throughout the afternoon, he mentioned a few more times going up to the Willard Hotel that evening and then eventually dropped the subject the night of the 5th and said that he would dial in instead. She would go on to say uh, that, uh, that Meadows called General Flynn and I for a debrief on a meeting that never took place. Let me be very clear. Everything she just said is a lie. I've never talked to Mark Meadows on the phone, never communicated with him on January 5th. I think I did meet him once when he was a congressman in a green room at Fox. I think it was before Donald Trump was president, actually. Uh, so all of that is perjury. And now we learn uh, that Cassidy Hutchinson has filed a 15-page uh, errata, uh, that's a legal term, it means corrections, to her testimony. Uh, quoting from Just the News, those aren't corrections, they constitute entirely new testimony that should be subjected to cross-examine. Harvard Law Professor Emeritus Alan Dershowitz told Just the News after reviewing the memo that Hutchison had filed. Uh, numerous other lawyers say this throws into serious questions the credibility of both the witnesses and the committee uh, and the information she related to the committee, uh, said Robert Charles, former staff director of the House Oversight National Security Subcommittee. Uh, unfortunately for all of us, of course, the January 6th committee has destroyed uh, more than 50% of their records. Now, the fact that I said this at the time uh, did not deter MSNBC and the New York Times and others from recycling that same lie. I think uh, Cassidy Hutchison has a perjury problem. That's why she's trying to go back now and correct her testimony. Uh, I think everybody in America knows that uh, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis is seeking to, uh, to uh, convict Donald Trump of knowingly uh, uh, knowing that he lost the state of Georgia uh, and entering into a conspiracy with others to field uh, a slate of quote unquote fake electors. Uh, I uh, played no role in any of this. I don't know many of the people who were charged with the president. Uh, but I can watch the news uh, and uh, I see uh, that that case falling apart. Uh, Willis, of course, bases her, her entire premise uh, initially on a transcript of a long phone call between President Donald Trump uh, and uh, Mark Meadows, his chief of staff and lawyers for both the president and for the secretary of state, Brad Raffensperger. But it is false to say uh, that President Trump instructed Raffensperger or asked Raffensperger to find 11,870 votes, uh, that being the gap between Trump and Biden. What he did say was that Raffensperger had already inadvertently counted uh, that number of illegal votes. Sorry, folks, it's not the same thing. To help us break this down now, Robert Bose, uh, who was a Trump appointee uh, who served in the Office of Personnel Management, also senior advisor to Secretary Ben Carson at the Office of Housing and Urban Development, uh, former member of the White House staff, now working to help those who've been wrongfully indicted in Georgia and Michigan. Uh, and uh, he joins us on the Stone Zone now.
Hello, Roger. Robert, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, all one has to do is watch the news, and it appears to me like uh, Fannie Willis' case is slowly collapsing. I, I almost don't know where to start, but a good place to start uh, would be by reviewing the minutes uh, of the alternative elector slate and talking about the rich history of alternative electors when there have been electoral disputes and lawsuits. Uh, I read a very compelling transcript of the minutes of the meeting of the alternative electors uh, in which they essentially said they were preserving their rights because they had filed a lawsuit. And if the lawsuit was successful, uh, these electors would have come into legal play. Tell us about that. Exactly right. So keep in mind, the, um, the Electoral Count Act permits alternate slates. Uh, going back, and, and there's still some debate about whether the, the ECA is itself constitutional. But um, in 1961 with uh, Kennedy Nixon, there were three slates of alternate electors that came from Hawaii. So the Congress is used to this. There's precedent for it. And this was no different in, in uh, Georgia, Michigan, other, other states. So the Georgia folks uh, knew that Biden had been certified the winner in Georgia. Nonetheless, they wanted to put forth an alternate slate in the event that the Congress exercised its right to review. And and, uh, we, and they had senators and members of the House that were had already telegraphed. It was 120 people in the House and several senators already said, we we're going to look at these states and 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 there are going to be challenges lodged. Um, and that was all through December of 2020. At, at the same time, there was this litigation you referred to. There, Donald, Donald Trump, candidate Trump, President Trump was suing the state of Georgia for maladministration and and potential election fraud. So while that case was going on, this group of alternate electors met at the state capitol, and they they acknowledged we're contingent, we're legitimate alternate slates, just like it's been done with everybody else: Hillary Clinton, Richard Nixon, John Kennedy. Um, so no, nothing different. They they there was no conspiracy. They recognized they were in a contingent role. If, if the Congress decided to seat the Biden electors, then they wouldn't be needed. But they also had to do it because this other lawsuit was continuing to go. So they couldn't, they couldn't, if they had not filed their alternate slate, then it would have mooted the litigation. So they were in this uh, um, belt and suspenders approach where they had to put in an alternate slate, just like in the other states. And not, nobody was uh, trying to overthrow the, uh, the overthrown election. <laughs> Although they were prepared in case the Congress were to decide that the, the slates were not going to be seated, the Biden slates were not going to be seated. So, um, you know, fake that news. slate. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, this is one of the great fake news narratives that Trump was asking uh, the vice president to throw out uh, electors from certain states, when in fact, what Trump, I believe, was asking the vice president to do was to return those slates for review back to the states uh, and uh, review the election results based on the outcome of uh, pending litigations. Uh, but uh, again, uh, in addition uh, to what I think is uh, extraordinarily exculpatory evidence uh, in that uh, in the minutes of the meeting of the contingent or alternative electors, you have a, a there's a pending lawsuit uh, that Mike Lindell talked about quite a bit pertaining to 
the accuracy and uh, reliability of these voting machines in Georgia. Uh, can you bring us up to date on that? Yes. Yes, sure. So there are there's several um, uh, civil litigation, election fraud litigations going on. Um, there's one that was that was done filed by Democrats in 2017 when when President won, President Trump won in 2016. They did not like it, so they they claimed the uh, the tabulators and the election management systems were vulnerable and hackable, and they were right. <laughs> they just didn't want the, any remedy brought forth. Uh, until they wanted to kick it down the road. That Curling B. Raffensperger case uh, just had a, two weeks ago had a ruling from J Judge Amy Totenberg, who agreed with the liberal professor experts that all parts of the the election system are vulnerable to hacking. The you know the um, the e poll books, the the, the touch screens, which are the ballot marking devices, the uh, tabulators and the election management system that wraps them all together. And they're all connected to the internet. So that really good ruling, what uh, folks like Mike Lindell has been great, is uh, trumpeting the, the Democrat judge saying that the elections are hackable. And she said that Georgia voters' rights were likely infringed by that. Uh, but yet they're only focusing on the, the ballot marking devices as a remedy. I, we're hoping that the you know, election integrity experts around the country want all the parts of the machines to be dealt with and uh, all the vulnerabilities um, addressed, not just the black ballot marking devices. So, uh, just so that that's one of the cases, the Curling v. Raffensperger, that has been in the news recent, which is a good a good finding. But the other the other two civil cases are uh, the Garland Favorito versus Fulton County and Caroline Jeffords versus Fulton County. That is on election fraud in Fulton County. And there's tremendous amounts of discovery and evidence that has been accumulated over the last two years there that will be, in my view, exculpatory for all these cases, including the criminal case with um, you know, the, this hoax indictment against the, the Georgia RICO uh, entities. Just, just a, the ground folks on the three, we talked about the alternate electors. So the, there's three areas of the of the Georgia criminal case that um, Bonnie Willis is, is trying to ho foist on everybody. It's the the alternate electors, the Coffee County breach, and interfering with election workers like Ruby Freeman. So there are three kind of lanes that we look at. All of these lanes have, are being addressed in the civil case, and they're also going to be addressed now in the criminal case. And again, two and a half, three years of evidence of procurement. You know, we couldn't we couldn't get this this information in the first two mm -hmm. weeks. You know, not, none of this was available at the Willard Hotel. Uh, so the teams of researchers that have been uncovering mm -hmm. this evidence, getting whistleblowers, getting system logs, tabulators, uh, all that's going to yield some major fruit that is going to exonerate all these folks in the Georgia RICO cases. None of them did anything wrong. All of them were acting according to the law. And Fonnie Wells is full of full of it, basically. So she's she's definitely reaching. And and you know what she did? She's trying to basically uh, the trial was originally set for March, uh, early March of, of 2024. But now, based on what's been going on, she wants to move it to August 5th as a start of the trial. Um, it tells me that they're not they're not ready. They've been waiting three years to bring this, obviously. They've got reams and reams of you know video evidence. They think they say they have 150 witnesses, 
But what they really have is nothing. We have witnesses on our side that we're going to bring to just going to destroy them and blow them out of the water. But but and I think she knows that. And uh, Fawn, if you're listening, you know, good luck. Right. But um, but she's trying to move it to August 5th, where the defense or the prosecution gets to go first. Right. So they they're going to basically stall and bring their case for weeks and weeks and weeks and probably, you know, get it. Basically, you're trying to kick it back the past the election. So at least they can do their their Joe Biden campaign commercial on the prosecution side and block the defense from even saying anything about it until the prosecution rests sometime, maybe October, November. So that there's a lot of this is this is nothing but election interference on the part of Fannie Willis. I w- I'd love to go through all the, the, the different elements of, of evidence we have that is going to exonerate people. Um, just I just want to give the layout, the overall strategy, what's going on in, in uh, describe the, the the elements of that RICO case. If you're just tuning in, we're here with Robert Bose. Uh, he uh, served in the executive office of the President of the United States as a senior policy advisor, uh, and we're honored to have him today. Uh, he is uh, spending his time helping those who've been wrongfully indicted uh, in Georgia and Michigan, help setting up a special fund. It is uh, theelectorsfund.org electorsfund.org. Let's uh, put that up if we could, fellas. Uh, I've uh, been in the meat grinder. I've been in the crosshairs. These cases are extraordinarily expensive uh, to defend yourself. Uh, The good people who acted in good faith, and I would argue entirely legally in both Michigan uh, and Georgia, uh, to to preserve the president's rights uh, are now under legal assault. And folks, they need your help. So please go to theelectorsfund.org. Uh, we are going to come back for a few more minutes uh, with Robert Bose. Then we're going to take a quick commercial back uh, break. Then we'll come back with Robert and talk about Georgia some more. Uh, there's a lot more to this, folks. Uh, but at the end of the day, I guess the central question is, in Washington, D.C., uh, in Fulton County, uh, is the president going to be able to mount a defense uh, in which he proves that the election was stolen, that he proves uh, that he didn't act in bad faith, that he had uh, a reasonable belief that he won uh, based on uh, the case that he is allowed to present? Or will the judges in those cases limit his defenses uh, as they did to me when I stood trial uh, in D.C.? So uh, let's, uh, Robert, we got, a, we got about two more minutes. We'll go to commercial break, but I'm going to return to you. Uh, home forth. So, so there, there, we talked about the electors. That's one of the three areas of that uh, criminal RICO case, which is a hoax, in my opinion. The other two I want to cover when we come back is the is the Coffee County breach, and that, uh, and then the the election worker part. That's the Ruby Freeman, and you know, trying to the allegation that that there was pressure on that that uh, uh, Secretary of State to to find votes. Those are the those are the allegations. I like to definitely uh, blow those out of the water. I think you're right that the uh, the Trump side, all of those folks and the 19 have a great defense uh, that we're they're they're really looking forward to bringing forth uh, to the public uh, as soon as that trial gets going next year. Uh, I should say that uh, Robert Bose has uh, stepped in today. I originally tried to get Harrison Floyd, who's been on the Stone Zone with us before. Uh, right now, they're trying to revoke his bail because he's defended himself on social media. 
It's almost unbelievable. So we're very fortunate that uh, he he recommended uh, Robert Bose to join us today because there are some fairly complicated issues here. But if all one has to do is follow the media uh, and uh, particularly just the news, Gateway Pundit and others, uh, obviously you're not going to read any of this in the New York Times or the Washington Post, and you're not going to hear any of it in MSNBC where they continue to twist the facts. But it appears to me that Fannie Will's case is slowly but surely falling apart before our very eyes. Uh, and the effort to silence uh, uh, Harrison Floyd, well, that's absolutely outrageous. Uh, uh, in any event, uh, this is The Stone Zone. I'm Roger Stone. We're here with our special guest, former Trump White House appointee and administration appointee, Robert Bose. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, and we will be right back. I'm excited. I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six piece My Towels for only $29.98, or rejuvenate your bed with a My Pillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about My Pillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to MyPillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six-piece towels for only $29.98. Or get your very own my pillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. I'm excited to announce that you've all made MyPillow 2.0 a huge success. And with your amazing support, we've been able to expand MyPillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. And to make room for this, we're clearing out a line of our percale bed sheets. And to thank you, I'm bringing them to you at closeout prices. Use your promo code and you get my king size for only $39 a set. Queens, 35, folds, 29, and twin size, just $25. I'm interrupted. 
this commercial to let you know that we've received the last two shipments of these percale bed sheets. And because of this, I've been able to add more colors, sizes, and even prints. And they're still at closeout prices. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my king size, only $39 a set. Queens, $35. Full, $29. And twin size, just $25. Order now. Once they're gone, they're gone for good. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, uh, I'm Roger Stone. And yes, this is the Stone Zone. I want to ask you uh, from the bottom of my heart, please go to MyPillow.com for all of your Christmas shopping. And when you do, well, please use promo code STONE. Uh, Right now, for a limited amount of time, actually until December 15th, you get free shipping on your entire order. Uh, And of course, uh, we here at the Stone Zone get a small commission uh, when you do your Christmas shopping there. It helps finance this program uh, and all the news and guests that we bring us, bring you. So whether it is the MyPillow dog beds or the pet blankets or the all-season slippers, uh, the MyPillow sandals, the revolutionary new MyPillow 2.0, you can help Mike Lindell the country's number one free speech and election integrity advocate. You can help us here at frankspeech.com. You can help us at Lindell TV One. And you can help us here at the Stone Zone by going to uh, mypillow.com and using promo code STONE for all of your Christmas shopping. Uh, God will bless you for it. Uh, and Mrs. Stone and I will be very grateful as well. Okay. Uh, We return now with a discussion of the 2020 election and what really happened uh, to our guest, uh, Robert Bose, former uh, uh, White House aide uh, and appointee of President Donald J. Trump. Uh, Robert, tell us about the Coffee County case. What what is that all about? Right. So that's we, we talked about the electors, the three areas of the Georgia case. The electors, how they were legitimate contingent electors. The two other areas were Coffee County where there's an alleged breach, and then the uh, uh, pressuring election workers was the other allegation. So Coffee County, this this was a, 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 a small county with about 15,000 votes, where the three election officials had been having problems. They were very diligent in their work. The, the Dominion machines were not counting all the votes of the people who came through the polls. It started in the primary, 2020, continued in the general election, and what even happened in the Senate runoff in January 2021. And all the time, all the while, the uh, the Democrat official, the two Republican officials were, were contacting the Secretary of State, they were contacting Dominion, they couldn't figure out what was going on. But they knew that the, you know, the number of people coming through the polls was way higher than the number of, of uh, machine count votes. Um, so they, they had stacks of, uh, you know, 100 ballots that they knew weren't counted. They were physically rejected by the machines. And they happened to all be, I think it was 99 Trump and one for Biden. They had a stack of them. So one of the folks in that case did an affidavit about this. They decided that they they would certify these elections. And then after the the Senate runoff in Georgia in 2021, then they would do a post-mortem forensic analysis. So they did not interfere with the operations of any election. They, they deferred the review of the closed elections until January of 2021. That's when they brought in, you know, folks like uh, Scott Hall, 
Jenna Ellis, Sidney Powell had, had kind of made a phone call. So everybody that was involved in that, Bonnie Willis went after because of some alleged conspiracy. There was no conspiracy. They, those, those folks were trying to do the right thing to represent the voters of Georgia. So um, there was no breach again. And you know, the interesting thing is that this Judge Totenberg, she recognized in the curling case that there was a, a problem with the machines in Coffee County. And that judge ordered the investigation of those machines. She forgot to mention that in her, in her order that, you know, but she used the order to basically say, oh, there was a breach in Coffee County. That is total bull, basically. There was no breach by these folks in the, in the case, in the 19. It was actually some nefarious malfunction that happened in the primary, in the general, and the Senate runoff. So those folks, those folks, everybody involved in that did nothing wrong. They were doing their job to basically try to represent best the, the, the voters of Georgia. So their, their rights and their voting rights were counted. Bonnie Willis is actually trying to cover up a Dominion malfunction in that county. And we have other counties. There are other county uh, officials who reported the same problems. But right now they're scared. They don't they can't come forward because they're there's this, you know, they don't want to get indicted, but they observe the same kind of things. We had this problem with the Dominion machines in Tennessee. Our researchers reported it to the state election board, Joe Rossi, Kevin Wonka. They found all kinds of problems where it was like a overall 20% of the ballots being put in these machines were being rejected because the QR code didn't match and the ballot ID didn't match. 20% of the state, okay? Not just Fulton County. So not just Coffee County. So just right there, uh, we've subpoenaed all that information and our researchers are going through it as well. Fulton County, just, uh, they tried to quash that subpoena, but uh, I think they just, um, the, the judge, the judge in this case, um, he basically ruled on the Trump, on the Trump side say, yes, you've got to disclose this. So we're, we're really looking forward to that on the Coffee County piece. Uh, this, the other big one, this is where Harrison Floyd comes in. This is on the, you know, he's alleged to have uh, tried to pressure an election worker into saying things and all that. That's, that so we, we have this Ruby Freeman uh, woman, um, she and her daughter worked at the Fulton County elections. And we, she, she had a contrite moment. This Ruby Freeman went into the police station she knew something was up. She, 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 had, she knew the way it was supposed to work. And she, had, she met with the Secretary of State, the, the FBI, the DOJ. And they basically, she said, they didn't ask her any questions because she didn't have an attorney present. And then she didn't want to answer because she didn't have an attorney either. All they did was tell her to clear her social media. We have this on police body cam. And there's like several police body cams. There's a 911 call. There's a folks coming to police coming to her house. The FBI arranged a meeting, voluntary meeting, at the Cobb County Police Station where Ruby Freeman shows up to spill the beans. And she's, she says that to Trevian Cootie and uh, Harrison Floyd by phone. So of course, uh, they, they, it was like an hour long in the police station and Ruby Freeman had made all these admissions. She said that, uh, no, you know, the vote count was really low for Biden and it was really low and she was instructed to to scan more ballots. And they said she said, we've scanned them all. There's no more to be scanned. We got a few. Maybe we can do those in the morning. But they said and then they said, no, we need to scan as many as we could. They put her on the scanner. She's not even legitimately allowed to be on the scanner. But um, and, her, and her daughter was her boss. She didn't want to mess with that relationship. She said that on body cam, too. 
So she was pressured into getting on the scanner. And because everybody, this is where the, you know, the alleged water main break happened. It, it, there was a water main break. Basically, everybody cleared out. All the observers were gone. And then she says, Ruby Freeman on body cam says, uh, because everybody's gone, lucky, and boom, under the table, cut the zip dies, open them up, and scan those ballots to get the number up. And that's exactly what she did. That's what they, they admitted to. Now, those may have been legitimate uh, stock of, of paper, but they, they, in her mind, they were not legitimate votes because either they were counted already or they weren't from real people. So she she had a whistleblower um, disclosure there that she need Ruby Freeman needs to have that protected disclosure. She blew the whistle. She also said there was no investigation. But then she said, you know what's going to real? She said her big concern was the USBs, the memory cards. She said they're going to blow your minds. She says that on body cam. So she says extra scanning, no investigation, and USBs are going to blow your mind. And she talked a lot about, she, she was stressed out about it. She wanted to do the right thing. Okay, three or four hours later, and, oh, and the police were there listening. And they did a police report saying there's no crime, it's political. And then four hours later, in the middle of the night on January, uh, early January 5th of 2021, with the FBI in the office, somebody, they listened to that body cam and they said, holy, holy cow, we have an issue. They filed a, a, a supplement to the police report to, to basically try to blame it on Trump. They said, there's no crime, but we're blaming it on Trump. And then they, the next morning at daybreak, they went to her house, to Ruby's house, and they took her from her house for two months. She testified that in the, before the J6 committee. So basically what was happening, in my opinion, the FBI, the Biden folks were concerned that Ruby had just spilled the beans. So they wanted to get to her and they took her from her house for two months. And that's where we are right now. So we... We're gonna, she's going to have her chance. We want, we want to respect Ruby Freeman. I think she had, was doing the right thing there, but we want to actually let her tell her story. She didn't testify under oath on J6 because they know she would be lying if, if for their story. We've got her on body cam telling the truth, and that, that's what's really... But the, the interesting thing is that the folks that were trying to help there, they didn't pressure her at all. They didn't threaten her. What Fonnie Willis is saying, what Jack Smith is saying, is completely wrong. But Ruby volunteered to tell her story, and it just so happened that Harrison Floyd was on the phone. And when when they asked her if she wanted to do that, and she said yes, I wanted I want to tell her story. She did. So and and the media is only they they couldn't they couldn't find anything wrong with it. They had to make up something later that she was pressured. She was not pressured. I'm, I guarantee you, Ruby Freeman was not pressured. So Harrison's guilt. Harrison is not guilty. Trevian's not guilty. All 19 of them did nothing wrong. They are innocent. So we're helping them uh, to raise money for their legal fees at, at electorsfund.org. Uh, people have asked me this question. Uh, am I incorrect in saying that Ruby Freeman uh, brought a defamation case against Rudy Giuliani, which he essentially settled? Uh, so, you know, you, yes. Yes. So she did. And guess when they took her from when the FBI took her from her house, guess what? They gave her Michael Gottlieb, Hunter Biden's lawyer is Ruby Freeman's lawyer and six others from Wilkie Farr in D.C. She got free lawyers. She doesn't have to work at all. She's actually making out pretty well in this deal. So, yes. Um, so but then when when the uh, the fic the Biden fixers got to her, 
they said, oh, we're going to we're going to start to sue everybody. And, and they sued, you know, several media entities. They sued uh, Rudy Giuliani for defamation. But what happened with Rudy in that case is they they just like what's what happened with you. They, they seized all his information. He couldn't even use his own evidence because the FBI had impounded it and stolen it. He couldn't even use that to defend himself in that D.C. or that the defamation case. So he basically said no contest. Uh, and he wasn't he wasn't admitting any guilt. He was basically saying, I cannot get a fair trial in D.C. So that's where it is right now in the, in the Rudy Giuliani part of it. Uh, Gateway Pundit's still in court with her and there would be some depositions coming up on her. She'll have a chance to finally tell the truth again that she like she did at the Cobb County Police Station. Which case is it in which I believe there's 140,000 ballots uh, in Fulton County that the Georgia Supreme Court has ordered uh, be turned over to plaintiffs, but the county has not done so? Which action is that? See, that's in the um, the, the two civil cases. Uh, so the Favorito v. Wan and, and, and Caroline Jeffords versus Fulton County. Those two are, are they have been given standing and discovery. And there are it was focused initially on the absentee ballots, but it's it's the whole the whole range of evidence is going to be brought out in that case, and um, not just the we we think among the hundred forty thousand may be computer printed ballots, they might be illegitimate ballots. Uh, we we're looking at the whole five hundred twenty eight thousand votes in Fulton County, some that do not have required. Uh, electronic evidence uh, or, or hash files. We, we have the Joe Rossi report where there were 6,000 ballots that just came out of the blue. There's another 17,000 ballots they can't prove because they're missing this, the electronic fi uh, uh, Shaw files. So Fulton County was mo both a disaster in, in their, misma they mismanaged the election, and we believe there was fraud, particularly that that Ruby Freeman talked about where with the USBs and with this this direction to to uh, scan extra ballots uh, that had already been either scanned or or not been been, been tied to real voters. So that that those two civil cases are going to have lots of different things that are including the 140,000 um, ballots in the Fulton County case. Keep in mind the the RICO case is statewide, so not not. These these errors and fraud wasn't just in Fulton County. They happened in, in we think, many other counties in Georgia. So the, the scope of the, civil, the criminal case is going to be much larger than the scope of the of the Fulton County civil cases. Let's take a minute while we're at it to uh, talk about Michigan. I know you're trying to help those in the state of Michigan uh, who have been, uh, uh, I think, unjustly charged yet again. Folks, uh, you can help. Uh, by going to um, the electionfund.org. Uh, all of these unjustly charged American patriots need your help. Uh, lawyers cost money, folks. Uh, but if you uh, stand with the president uh, and you stand for truth and justice, please go to the electorsfund.org uh, and make a generous contribution today. Uh, and God bless you for it. Uh, Robert, talk to us a bit about Michigan. Uh, I have read substantially about an illicit uh, voter registration scam uh, that the Secretary of State and the Attorney General were evidently well aware of. Uh, can you tell us the status of that? Wow, that's the the the, um, the um, Muskegon, Michigan fraud 
was brought to the, my attention in October of 2020 uh, when there was this Democrat operative who got caught stuffing a Dropbox with uh, as many as 12,000. She, she had come back on two different days. The, the election workers, again, you know, Democrat, Republican mix, they were all concerned about this, this woman was stuffing this Dropbox with fake registrations. And they called the police on her. Police arrested her. So the, Mich the Michigan State Police had arrested this woman, locked her up, and, and they it conducted their investigation of the, of, the, of the folks that were working with this woman, uh, GBI strategies. It, they went to the GBI. It was an old California tortilla you know, storefront that was abandoned or unused, and they were in there with fax machines and, 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 and uh, guns and silencers and uh, phone cards and, uh, and cooked up ballots, cooked up registrations. So the, the Michigan State Police had already started this investigation, but then guess what happened? Uh, Gretchen Whitmer and, uh, and her AG, Dana Nessel, they got wind of this and they, they, they told all the state police to stand down and shut down the investigation and not talk about it. So we, we, I had referred this with a, a, a colleague of mine, Andrew Kloster, we refer, referred it to the DOJ, um, Michelle Reardon. She pushed it up through uh, under to uh, the, bar, the bar folks, the bar's deputy, and they they did not want to deal with it. They did not want to deal. They didn't look at it. So Bill Barr is a liar. He he did not look at this evidence. We gave him the we gave him the Muskegon evidence of twelve thousand. We found so so when when the electors the Michigan electors got indicted, we contact I contacted one of the police officers again. Hey, he couldn't he couldn't talk because he was told to to, to you know to keep quiet. But then he retired. So I checked in with him again. I said, hey, these guys are getting, the electors are getting falsely accused. Can you talk? And he said, yeah. So we, we hooked him up to media and, you know, Gateway ran the story and, um, and, and we found it's a national thing. So GBI strategy is doing the same thing all around the country. They're getting money from, you know, Democrat operatives. GBI is in, in Tennessee. It's in Georgia. So we, they might, GBI might be uh, a witness in the Georgia case as well. Let me ask you a broader question, Robert. What do you think that we can have in 2024? A free, fair, honest, transparent election is—is is that possible? You know, um, if if you had to say today, we we have the same risks that we had in 2020. Right now, there have been many um, many achievements in this regard to to mitigate certain things like drop boxes have been outlawed in Wisconsin, um, better voter IDs in some states. It's been sort of nibbling at the margin, but right now we still have massive vulnerability in, in the e-poll books that are connected to the internet and who knows who's got the passwords to those and who has access to those in the tabulators where they, where they may have programmed coding to create errors like they did just in Arizona. Um, where certain candidates might get an error code that that directs them immediately to an electronic folder for machine illegal machine adjudication, that's still going on. We have not that has not been fixed. So there are hopefully many many patriot groups are are trying to to fix this. We do need secure elections. Hopefully, we'll get some remedies in court very soon on this. All right, we have to leave it there. Let me thank my guest, Robert Bose. Trump uh, White House appointee, Trump administration appointee for stepping in and filling us in on both Georgia and Michigan. Robert, thank you so much for entering the Stone Zone.
My pleasure, Roger. Uh, all right, folks, so we're going to go to a quick commercial break here. Uh, listen to what Mike Lindell has to say, uh, because, well, we need your support right here at the Stone Zone. Boys, take it away. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Coffee. I get products all the time from entrepreneurs for my new platform, MyStore.com. And when I tried My Coffee for the first time, I was blown away. It is the best coffee I've ever had in my life. I spent the last four months doing my due diligence, and this family-owned business micromanages every step from the fields to the cup to ensure the best quality coffee you're ever gonna have. It starts with the beans that are grown in Honduras. Honduras's volcanic soil and humid climate make the perfect growing conditions for coffee plants, which produce the best beans ever. Then each batch is tested for its aroma, taste, and other aspects to meet the highest standards in the coffee industry. And after that, it goes into production, which is all done right here in the USA. It's like you're getting that small batch specialty coffee, but delivered right to your front door. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen, use the promo code and you'll get your very own My Coffee for 25% off. You guys all know that I've traveled the country for the past year and a half. I've stayed in hundreds of hotels. I've tried every coffee out there. Well, some of the coffees have that terrible aftertaste, some that leave me jittery, or I get an upset stomach. Well, my coffee is different. It's the richest, smoothest, best coffee I've ever had. My coffee comes in a variety of flavors. You get them ground or whole bean, plus it's certified organic and non-GMO. I guarantee it'll be the best coffee you've ever had. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get my coffee for 25% off. And I'm going to give you deep discounts on all my store products. That's mystore.com. It's my new platform for USA entrepreneurs. Please order now. This is Roger Stone. You know, Winston Churchill loved a good cigar. So did Jack Kennedy, Mark Twain, and other notables. Whether you're an occasional cigar smoker or a regular cigar smoker, you need to know about My Patriot Cigars. These are premium handmade cigars out of Nicaragua made with 100% long filler tobacco aged at least three years to give you the best possible smoke. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE and you get 15% off. There's also free shipping for orders over $100. Every box of cigars comes with a $10 e-gift card for your next purchase. Yes, it's a premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and don't forget to use the promo code STONE. There you have it, folks. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com. These are luxury premium Nicaraguan cigars made with only the finest aged long-leaf Nicaraguan tobacco rolled on the thighs of Nicaraguan virgins. Uh, there are four different complexities, one for every taste. Uh, and right now, because it's the holiday season, 
is actually a 25% discount, 25% uh, off when you use the promo code STONE. So check it out, whether you are a occasional cigar smoker or a regular cigar smoker, you're going to love My Patriot Cigars. Uh, and don't forget to use a promo code STONE. All right, we are back in the Stone Zone with a special segment we call The Rolling Stones. Why? Well, because I bring in my adopted nephew, Alex Stone, to uh, tell us what uh, Gen Z is thinking about. So, uh, Alex Stone, welcome to the Stone Zone. Roger, it's been a few weeks since I've been on, so it's glad to be back here today. I'm wearing my Mar-a-Lago hat that I just got uh, a few weeks ago for my first trip ever to Mar-a-Lago. Uh, so I am very excited for today's show. Uh, obviously, uh, Henry Kissinger, one of the worst people ever, has died. Uh, and I, I really I want to know what you think about Henry Kissinger. Uh, I know you did a show about him yesterday, but I want to hear more of your thoughts on Henry uh, right now. Uh, I knew Henry Kissinger, as you know. Uh, I met him initially in 1968, but I had more extensive deals, dealings with him in 1980. Uh, he was uh, brilliant. He was duplicitous. Uh, he was sneaky. Uh, he was a liar. Uh, he was a megalomaniac. Uh, I think that he uh, did some great things for the country during the Nixon administration, but it is immediately after he leaves the Ford administration uh, where he stayed on as Secretary of State uh, after Nixon's resignation, uh, that I think Kissinger decides essentially to cash in. Uh, he becomes a, a registered agent for the Chinese government, which means, of course, that he became an agent for the Chinese Communist Party. So uh, I, I do think uh, that, he, uh, that he was of the theory uh, or the philosophy that America's greatest days were behind us, uh, that we just had to accept that the, uh, the Chinese uh, and the Russians were going to zoom to economic and military superiority, and therefore we had to make the best deal for ourselves that we possibly could. Uh, that is a view that was not shared by President Ronald Reagan, was certainly not shared by President uh, Donald Trump. Uh, my WABC radio show, uh, this Sunday uh, is going to focus on uh, the incredible record of uh, of Henry Kissinger, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And believe me, there's plenty of all of it. Uh, that's at wabcradio.com from 4 to 6 o'clock live Eastern time uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, so, uh, Alex, let me ask you about your strategic decision to wear that hat. Uh, I've been trying to tell you uh, for some time. For some time, that a man with a good lid uh, is uh, uh, always in style. How have people reacted as they've seen your new chapeau? Well, people have been surprised, shocked, say, Alex, why are you wearing a hat? You've never worn a hat like this before. And I've decided I would like to be fashionable because I have read Stone's Rules uh, many times, cover to cover, and uh, many of Stone's Rules are about fashion. And I know you, Roger, and you wear hats all the time. Uh, and so I decided to buy this hat at Mar-a-Lago. Some of the things that I do uh, when I go on these trips that I go to for Reawaken America tours at Trump Properties are, are get souvenirs. And so 
you know, behind me, I have a Trump uh, chocolate gold bar uh, thing right there uh, from Trump Las Vegas. Uh, then I also have uh, another souvenir um, from Trump Miami as well. And then I finally decided to get this as well uh, to wear on my head. And so I, I, I like hats. I'm in the hat game now, Roger, and you have inspired that totally. Excellent. So uh, to, to kind of wrap things up here with a serious question, uh, you asked me the other day uh, whether uh, Gen Z seems to be moving away from Joe Biden, largely on the basis of his position in the Middle East. There seems to be a disproportionate uh, amount of support for uh for uh, Hamas, uh, for the Palestinian cause, uh, for uh, for Iran, it's a little perplexing, but it seems to be disproportionately among your generation. Uh, and where do these votes end up? They're certainly not going to end up with Donald Trump. That's clear. Uh, they're dissatisfied with Joe Biden, uh, even though Biden's trying to have it both ways, financing Iran, which is essentially financing Hamas. At the same time, he's supposed to be financing and supporting Israel seems to me like a very naive, uh, almost a suicidal uh, strategy. Uh, we're supposed to believe that in the next hundred billion that they're unfreezing for Iran, that that money's not going to be used for military or terrorist purposes, just like the last six uh, billion wasn't, uh, or the hundred thousand, hundred million they have given to Hamas for quote unquote humanitarian aid. Here's my theory. I want to know what you think. I think if he gets on the ballot, that many of these voters end up with Professor Cornell West, who is the radical black uh, progressive who is now running as an independent. The Black Lives Matter movement and the pro-Palestinian movement seem at this moment to have fused. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I certainly find it interesting. You You mentioned Generation Z. Um, talking about that, obviously, I am Generation Z, 19 years old. President Trump said a few days ago, Donald, uh, that he will make America great again for young people. Um, and there, there seems to be this great divide just, just a few weeks ago, uh, people pro protesting uh, on college campuses uh, in, in uh, favor of Hamas. Um, there's this great divide, and we need to find the truth. And I believe that uh, my generation will find the truth very soon. Um, but right now we need to fight against this great divide and try to uh, project and 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 uh, give my generation the truth in the best way possible. Uh, uh, it's going to be very, very interesting. I mean, you can see uh, the double game that Biden is playing uh, and the hysteria because in the New York Times uh, Siena College poll, uh, in the Bloomberg Morning Consult poll, uh, in the NBC poll, uh, and in the Big Data poll, uh, Democrats are starting to lose younger voters. They're either moving to undecided. Uh, some of them are moving to Trump, but many of them are moving to undecided. Uh, and that, of course, constitutes a, a major sea change. Biden, uh, the folks at NBC were apoplectic about this on the air. Biden will have to score extraordinarily well among younger voters hang on uh, and i think that is uh, increasingly uh, 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 unlikely all right we have uh, about uh, 30 seconds 
uh, I want to thank my good friend uh, and uh, adopted nephew, uh, Alex Stone, for stopping in to show off his new headgear uh, and for joining us on the Stone Zone. Alex, thank you and God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. All right, folks, that, that is about it for the Stone Zone. Again, on Sunday, WABC Radio, 4 to 6 Eastern Time at wabcradio.com. We're live streaming worldwide, so you can listen uh, live uh, when I talk about Dr. Henry Kissinger, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, also interview economist uh, Barry Habib. Uh, and uh, I have a very special guest, uh, uh, surprise guest, so tune in on Sunday. In the meantime, God bless you and Godspeed. I'm excited to announce that you've all made MyPillow 2.0 a huge success. And with your amazing support, we've been able to expand MyPillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. And to make room for this, we're clearing out a line of our percale bed sheets. And to thank you, I'm bringing them to you at closeout prices. Use your promo code and you get my king size for only $39 a set. Queens, 35, fulls, 29, and twin size, just $25. I'm interrupted this commercial to let you know that we've received the last two shipments of these percale bed sheets and because of this i've been able to add more colors sizes and even prints and they're still at closeout prices so go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now use your promo code and you'll get my king size only 39 dollars a set queens 35 dollars full $29 and twin size just $25. Order now. Once they're gone, they're gone for good. I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six piece My Towels for only $29.98. Or rejuvenate your bed with a My Pillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about My Pillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to mypillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six piece towels for only $29.98. Or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last.